Welcome to the Black Ops Podcast. Your mission, should you choose to take it, is to go behind enemy lines and get the real intel about working professionals living their daily lives on the front line, overcoming challenges, learning from failures, maintaining balance between their work and personal life, and making it look easy. Join your platoon leader, Dr. Larry Ferdinand to gather different perspectives on careers and any pearls to help move any roadblocks in your life that are keeping you from the life you deserve. So, now is the time to report for duty. Welcome, welcome to another episode of Black Ops. I am your general, Dr. Larry Ferdinand, and we have, of course, a special guest for you today. And I'm just going to get right into it because it's a lot to get into. And she's very busy because she's a mom, an entrepreneur, and a very faithful wife. And, and she's my sister, <laughs> Dr. Larissa Ferdinand Dukes. Uh, she's coming to you from Orlando, Florida, where she's currently practicing as a board certified OBGYN. So, just a little background on who she is. And of course, I feel like I can wing it because she's already done drugged me for not sending her packet in time enough so she can get (laughs) just like a big sister always does. She drags the little brother, but so we are both from Shreveport, Louisiana, born and raised, but after she graduated from Bird High School and she was number two. Three, actually. Three in in her graduating class at Bird High School, which is, if you know Bird High School, you know Shreveport, you know it's pretty tremendous considering the background. (laughs) (laughs) Moving forward, uh, she went on to do her undergrad at Xavier University of Louisiana in New Orleans. And unlike some people, she chose to defer a year because she was accepted into medical school right after college, but she decided to defer a year and do a CDC fellowship in Atlanta, Georgia, where she was doing infectious disease or some type thing like that, but she can go in there further, but <laughs> but it, it's, it's sort of interesting because some people just go straight through med straight through into med school, but she decided to take a year break to do other things because she thinks light years ahead of people. Um, (laughs) Then she went on to do her medical school at LSU Shreveport, and she uh, finished and went on to do residency in Jacksonville, Florida at University of Florida Shands Hospital in their OBGYN residency. The reason why I know, because I had to move... (laughs) All her stuff, including her 100-pound Rottweiler from Shreveport all the way to Jacksonville, Florida. Shout out R.I.P. Chad. Uh, After she finished her residency at uh, Shands Hospital, she went on to went to join a practice in Sebring, Florida because she was a national health scholar. And she was uh, awarded that and basically had her medical school paid for. But she gave her time back in Sebring, Florida, in an underserved area. And that doesn't mean that she's not debt free. But absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) But she she had lots of help. (laughs) So after that, she did about four years and. Then she went on to Orlando, Florida, and this is where she's at right now. So let me introduce my sister, 
Dr. Larissa Ferdinand. And the reason why I wanted to do this show is because I don't think you see a lot of sibling or nobody talks about siblings that go into medicine. And we're first generation medical siblings. So our mom, our father went doctors, they were far from it, but we decided to go into the medical field. And here we are. Here we are. <laughs> Dr. Here we are. Our Duke. pulse, right? <laughs> I got to add the Dukes because I usually like to say Ferdinand, but. But that's okay because actually I kept my professional name, which a lot of us do out there um, because by the time we get married, we don't have time, opportunity to change every accolade that has our, <laughs> our name on it professionally. And by that time, I was in practice for quite some time before I got married. So I always say Mrs. Dukes, but I'm Dr. Ferdinand. So you, it's all good. Everything is correct in that way. Okay. All right. No shade, Daryl. You no shade. <laughs> <laughs> still the man of the house. Yeah. Uh, you know, let, let, let the people know what some of the things you're doing right now, which is incredible and mm-hmm is trying to get off the ground and it's starting mm-hmm. to bubble. But this opportunity to let the Black Ops world know what, what you're into right now. Well, thank you. Um, I guess I have to call you Dr. Larry Ferdinand. Um, I guess since we're talking about siblings and medicine, let me just go ahead and say, well, thank you, LJ, a.k.a. L-O-J, <laughs> a.k.a. Uh, you know your name. I'm here. <laughs> she's, she's just saying, but... The <laughs> The main nickname she gives me is the one that starts with an N, but we're not going to. No, I don't do that. Don't say that. Oh, my God. That's so untrue. That's so untrue. Oftentimes, I'll call you just Jape. You know, I do, yeah. I do do that. I'm just joking. But, yes, thank you for allowing me the opportunity. I think this is a good topic, siblings in medicine. And I'm sure there's several people out there um, that can relate or share their own individual stories. But what am I doing now? So as Dr. Larry had mentioned, I am a board-certified OBGYN. Um, I would say I definitely am part of that generalist group. I have branched out a lot where I consider myself more integrative, which is marrying my conventional background with more advanced skill sets that I've achieved and obtained over time, uh, which incorporates other parts of medicine and treating the whole woman. And after years of practice, you recognize that there's so many different tools that we need to start incorporating to help and assist when it comes to women's health. And not everybody needs to be necessarily put in one box. What I am passionate about a lot has to do changing the mindset in women. And so I help busy professional women enhance their productivity and their performance by optimizing their hormones and through precision medicine and epigenetics. So that is uh, a lot of what I'm starting to integrate on the side of my virtual brand and building up to uh, my practice and under Dr. Larissa. So really excited about that. Uh, Things are going in a good direction. And um, most of all, it's really staying true and authentic to myself and what it's all about and what I've been put on this earth to do. So I am, like he mentioned, I am in Orlando, Florida. A big portion of my practice is considered in Davenport, Florida, which is basically the Orlando area. Everybody has, you know, those subsidies or what have you. I am married. I have a son. 
uh, well, and my four-legged son as well. Um, <laughs> she liked them Rottweilers. I have another Rottweiler, R.I.P. Chad, and now it's Eli. Um, anyway, my son Harrison, my husband Daryl, I am still active within my community, my hospital. Um, I'm not going to go through my CV of things. Uh, maybe some of that could be poured into it, but yeah, yeah. hopefully, you know, that's yeah. not necessarily what this is about. This is something that I'm excited to talk about, but at the same time, very interested in see what my brother's questions are going to be. <laughs> so, of course, of course, of course. And for the record, when he moved me from Shreveport to Jacksonville, he was very, very sad to see his big sister go. So, yeah. anyway. <laughs> I must admit, I've done a lot of stupid things in my life. And <laughs> one thing, <laughs> maybe going to Jacksonville, because it was it was the time because we had called our dad Captain Move America. Captain Move America. And, you know, he... He took it. It was, I think it was just his hobby. He just loved to move and he'd give you the list of what you had to have ready. He's like, everything in boxes. And I see nothing in the house. There ain't in no box. <laughs> but, because that was the time we moved her to Jacksonville. And then I was moving to DC to start my time in Howard, uh, Howard Medical School. So that was going to be my first year in medical school. So in reality, now that I think about it, I should have basically went to Jacksonville, <laughs> got back in the car, head back to Shreveport, uh -huh. <laughs> and just kept my behind in Shreveport and went to medical school there. But not to say, you know, how was how medical school was a great experience. I was about to say you have a lot of HU love in Orlando. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I'm connected. I'm yes, connected. you are. So, yeah, Blair. I'm like, who? Oh, yeah, my brother. Yeah, LJ. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Mm -hmm. So, sure. while we have you here, I want to ask you some questions. And I think, you know, she's doing like wonderful things that are just crazy. And I think this is a great opportunity to really get to answer these questions to help you guys know what's out there as far as medicine and get a little bit of background of how siblings similar to medicine, you know, is it possible? What is it like? And things that possibly could help y'all just understand the whole process. Mm -hmm. But I just want to ask, what made Dr. Larissa go into medicine? Craziness. Medical okay, no, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we already um, know that. <laughs> so what I'm not going to give you is that generic answer of, I just want to help people. Um, I think it was a bigger calling than that. To me, I felt that no matter what, it was a natural progression. So even in high school, because people thought that I knew even in high school, no, some of my closest friends can remember that, oh, I switched back and forth. I'm like, oh, maybe I want to be a teacher or a computer programmer or yada, yada, yada. I knew I had strong attributes and, um, that compel or magnetize me to science and math, a lot of math, even though I feel like my math brain cells are totally burnt. <laughs> and <laughs> yeah, I feel like I need a calculator for everything now, and but we were good. Oh, we were good at we math. Were really good at math. Yeah. Like I was always kind of like that top person in math. 
And now I feel like, oh my God, where's the calculator? <laughs> but that's okay. Yeah. That's what schooling and stuff can do or burn some of the other cells that you need. Anyway, and I, I want to say it was a natural progression because it helped me couple things that I felt that I could have a career in doing, even if I wasn't quite sure what particular part of medicine I was. So we were always uh, involved in the community. So helping people. So that was something natural. Um, it married uh, my interest in the disciplines or subjects that I enjoyed the most. And it allowed me to explore. And then I will say this, you know, I, and I still think it's something that is discussed so much now where, okay, you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Okay. I know I don't want to be a lawyer. Okay. I didn't want to be a teacher. So it gave, you know, it did kind of give me a slight tunnel vision, but now that I'm older and I see some of the things that, yeah, I could probably have done that too, but uh, I really do believe that God ordains your steps exactly where they need to go. And I don't regret that decision at all, even to this day. Some of the things that I have, you know, some of the decisions that I made along the path, they were good decisions and some not so good decisions. But, um, you know, I feel that everything happens for a reason. And um, here I am today. So. All right. There it is. So let me ask you this. Um, you actually took a year off in between finishing college and starting medical school. Mm-hmm. What was kind of the decision making or what made you choose to do that? Mm-hmm. So it was definitely something in the back of my mind where you feel that doubt, like, oh my goodness, I don't think I'm ready. Um, yes, I'm doing well. Yes, I have good grades. But at the same time, having that monkey in your back of, you know, what is my daddy going to say? Am I going to disappoint my, my family? Uh, but I just don't feel like I'm ready. You know, I'm not mentally there. Yes, I'm doing well in school, but it's just something that's just not right about me starting school right away. But I still went through the motions, you know, still went through, okay, getting my test, getting, you know, applying, taking those steps because I felt that, you know, Larissa, you made these sacrifices. Other people made these sacrifices. You, you know, Xavier has planted a good platform and for you. So it's really no excuse for you not to do this. And then I started my medical school interviews <laughs> <laughs> and happened to be, I think, and it's funny because I can't even remember what medical school interview this was. But I remember sitting down talking to a med student and they said that they deferred the year. And I was like, what? And I took like a double take. You did what? Like, what do you mean you deferred? I felt like that conversation hadn't come up with me at all before. And they were like, yeah, you know, I got accepted and I decided that I defer. You know, med schools don't advertise that. They don't want people to just apply knowing that they don't want to come in that year or what have you. And I can't remember what reasons they had. Some people might have personal reasons where it might be a death in the family or something pivotal has happened. I was like, well, I didn't know you could do that. And uh, I'm already having those thoughts and yada, yada, yada. So by the time I got accepted and I knew where I was going to go, that next step was, now how am I going to tell my daddy I'm taking off a year? <laughs> how, how does that work? Because it was easy. Do I have to pay anything? <laughs> Do I? Uh, that what, conversation what, what didn't go exactly like that. Uh, it was, what do you mean? 
What does that mean? I've never heard of that. Uh, who's going to pay for you? Uh, you're not like some of these other children. You can't go backpacking in Europe. You ain't got that kind of money. And I ain't got that kind of money to send you to the bed. So, so that's <laughs> how the conversation went. FYI. But at the same time, I will say our father has been understanding. He, you know, at that point, he was post Deepak Copra days. And he also gave me that conversation of levity. Like, have you thought this through? Have you discussed the pro- through the proper channels where you you definitely will still have your seat in medical school and all that. But you know, when I look back, that was literally, I'm glad, even to this day, when I think that I'm not listening to myself, but I need to listen to myself, it is literally one of the most pivotal decisions that I made going into medical school. Now, did I want to go travel a lot? Did I feel like, oh, okay, I'll just go poor and, you know, do that. But in the back of my mind, I was like, well, I need to do something that can help me still have some particular addition to my education, still get paid in a way, but something I might still have an interest, but not feel like the pressure of an exam or I'm sitting in a classroom. I think I just really needed a mind break from that whole scenery and get exposed to something else. So I just started, you know, at that time, you know, this is the culminating of the internet and, you know, researching and like really saying, okay, what can I do? Because that decision was made, that letter had been sent to LSU saying, okay, I plan on defer and I just needed to, you know, let them know so they can open up a spot if they were okay with it. So it was just a matter of me, okay, what, you know, what am I going to do? And so this opportunity presented itself at CDC for a year, and I thought it was perfect. I was like, okay, I get a chance to do some research in a place that is, you know, nationally and globally known and not feel that I had this pressure behind me, you know, of taking tests, being in class, competition, you know, just all of that, Mm -hmm. that pressure that you just feel like you're under. And I can, you know, ease up, have a little fun, you know, not saying that college wasn't fun, but just it was good not necessarily like, oh, I got a test coming up. You know, it was, believe me, it was the best decision I made <laughs> in my career. So, so I mean, it's, it's just based on really just personal preference where you, mm-hmm. it's just knowing yourself, mm-hmm. knowing what you're about to get into and mm-hmm. that you need, hey, if I have an opportunity to take some time to do something else mm-hmm. that not far, too far away from doing medicine mm-hmm. and, you know, to take the opportunity. Mm-hmm. So let me ask you this. Of course, the topic is siblings and medicine. Mm-hmm. What was your feelings when you found out that I wanted to go into medicine? <laughs> How did you feel like what you felt like you had to do in order to, as a sibling, what did you feel like you had to do as far as telling me what was involved and, hey, LJ, I know you, you don't need to be going into medicine. Or, hey, I think medicine be a good thing, but you have to do these things. Like, what would you give somebody, I guess in a way, what, what would be the advice you give to somebody that's an older sibling and a younger sibling that's planning on going down the same pathway? for as medicine? I have to answer this question in two parts. So we're just three years older than each other. So let's just make sure we put that out there. So at the time, speaking from someone that's in their early 20s and having a sibling on the medicine 
initially, no lie, I did have that question. Like, I hope that this is really what he wants to do. And it's not just following in my footsteps because he feels like he has to. All right. And then another thought I had was, of course, you're excited. Okay. And, you know, my brother wants to go into medicine. He's going to be an MD. Cool. You know, we, we end up at the same college, university. Okay, cool. That's wonderful. And knowing that, you know, still going through those actions and stuff to, you know, to come at that age, I didn't see a problem with it other than having that initial thought, okay, I hope this is really what he wants to do and not necessarily feeling like he has to do it. And even when, when med school came around and having those struggles that you've already uh, spoken about in your podcast before, even then that thought came across my mind, like, okay, I hope he's still doing something where he feels it's for him and willing to take those strikes on the back and know that, oh, okay, this is worth it. My second part is now I'm 40 something (laughs) (laughs) and, um, you know, you've wisened up a lot. And if I needed to speak to that younger Dr. Larry, I would say a lot more loudly, please don't feel pressured to do anything that you feel like this is not what you want to do. I think I would have spoken even more loudly about Opto. And I've told you about this before, that I was significantly surprised that that was what you wanted to do. I didn't feel like anything that you had done in the past, it made me think that that was your discipline of choice. And even to this day, I only take it, okay, if it's something you like and you enjoy, I miss that bus. Obviously, I thought I knew you, (laughs) but maybe I missed that bus. But I don't know if you remember that conversation. I was like, really, ophthalmology? Really, you think so? You know, but um, I just kept going. I didn't see you as a family practitioner. I didn't see you necessarily as um, that you couldn't do surgery or anything like that. But it was just like certain ones I felt that, I don't know, because you have such a a broad personality and uh, an acumen that is very sharp that, of course, ophthalmology would be a good subset, but I felt like it doesn't definitely showcase your true skill set at the same time. So back then it would have been like, are you sure? Like I would have had a lot more of those conversations. Are you sure? Yeah. You know, it's it's literally what you want to do now. It's okay. Here we are. We're riding the lane. Yeah. I mean, it was, I think with ophthalmology, it was just kind of like I was looking at it as one, I had a little experience because I actually had like a little eye problem Mm -hmm. and I had to see the ophthalmologist and stuff. And when I was in medical school, you know, I went in wanting to be like a plastic surgeon, but you know, that kind of faded away because I was like, I don't want to be bored with certain things (laughs) just because I see them all day. Mm -hmm. So when it came to ophthalmology, I was just kind of like, oh, it's a, is surgery and then you get to medicine and then you get to do you know some cool stuff with you know in the clinic with injections and stuff like that and that was just kind of like the draw is just like it's not messy it's not too messy I like being in clinic and talking to people and mm-hmm. uh and I also just didn't want to always be in clinic I want to actually do a little surgery mm-hmm. so it seemed like a good fit as far as what I wanted a little bit of each thing. But the thing that kind of took me by surprise that I didn't really think about, and maybe because I went to 
you know, HBCUs, you know, for my undergrad and medical school and, and when it's, is the whole culture, you know, culture in a certain residency. Yeah, I, the culture of ophthalmology really didn't fit me. <laughs> you know, ophthalmology culture, I felt like, or still feel like is a very elitist type of culture where, you know, you have people, dads were ophthalmologists and their dad was probably ophthalmologist and they like sipping red wine at <laughs> places in Boston at 12 o'clock. And there's only like, you know, people in ophthalmology, the only people that matter in ophthalmology, either you went to Wills, Eye Hospital, John Hopkins, or UCSF. And if you didn't go to those places, we don't care. Mm-hmm. Especially in, in that you have melanin in your skin. We mm-hmm. definitely don't care. Mm-hmm. So it was just kind of like the culture. And it's more so like it really hit me when I go to these national meetings. And it's probably you know, in every kind of specialty, but I feel like it's definitely a couple notches above everybody else when it comes to ophthalmology. Mm. You know, it's very elitist thing. And, you know, that's just not me. That's just not where I'm from, where I come from, you know. And I mean, I've seen how how people kind of really draw are drawn to me because I don't have that type of elitist type of Mm -hmm. and people, you know, tend to like talk to me more and you know feel more comfortable with me when I'm in the clinic and stuff so that that I would have to agree with (laughs) you should have spoken up (laughs) Larissa that's why I gave myself some credit I'm still a dumb 20 some year old too (laughs) that was still (laughs) the the lights were too bright (laughs) yeah the lights are too bright yeah and and you know sometimes you do have to look at age psychology I mean you were more bullheaded then too, right? You remember that? Yeah, I, I feel like nobody could tell me nothing. You know. Okay. I was, Let I was the like, record show. I was like 215 pounds straight, black male, alpha dumb. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I could do everything. Everything because Alpha said it. Yeah. Alpha said I could do everything, and that's what I'm going to do. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And, <laughs> So, you know, that that's a good take. You know, if you are a sibling, you know, and you know your sibling and they're going into the medical field, just go ahead and have that talk, mm-hmm. you know, really. Get a head check. You know, Get a yeah, head check. Especially like, if you know is, that they. This is a big deal. <laughs> yeah, it's a big deal. It, yeah. um, it's and life it's, changing. And it's easier to get in than it is to get out. People think, <laughs> people think it's a. Uh, I mean, it is hard to get into medical school and everything. We would have to but, de- disagree on that one. What? I would definitely have to disagree on that one. Because I, then you I know it's have loans. <laughs> I know, but that's by, I, let, me, let me say this. Then that's an that's a indirect reason why you stayed. Mm-hmm. But knowing that there's twice as many applicants that they are for available seats in any domestic medical school and already you enter with the odds against you and you know it's all these things that need to be met up to a certain criteria to be accepted right all right to me that is definitely more difficult to get in getting out is choice 
whether it's that choice of, oh, I still need to pay my loans. Oh, I don't know what the hell else I'm going to do other than this, et cetera. Still, that falls on that person and whatever situation that they have to consider when they step out of medicine or step out of that particular career path. I, I don't know that I remember trying to get it and I still have friends to this day who never got into medical school. And I don't know. I just feel like that was a harder hill to climb than making a decision to step away. I think in, I mean, it's case by case basis, True. but I feel like, well, I ain't going <laughs> I had struggles getting in and <laughs> I'm just, I'm just a struggle person. I'm just huh? struggle. <laughs> don't say struggle, that, Jay. struggle getting in. And <laughs> don't say that, Jay. Don't struggle that. all the way around. It's, it's, it's all good. I, I've I accepted me. Good. I accepted me. You know, I love me. Good. Love That's good to know. I, I know. I know. I know my. I know my path where I came from and where I am right now, where I want to go. So, I mean, I'm, hey. I'm, I may be a special case. So. <laughs> but moving on, so because because uh, Dr. Dukes, Dr. Ferdinand Dukes has a lot of things to do, and she has five year old banging on the door. <laughs> <laughs> so what what was what would you say was the biggest challenge or failure that you exhibited on your medical journey? That's a good one. I'm gonna start this by saying that there have definitely been some mistakes that I've made along the way. Hindsight, some of those mistakes might have been viewed as mistakes then, but I am better for that particular mistake or letting or allowing God to push me through certain things. I would say this answer comes from purely from the trajectory that I think I could have been on. And this might be part supposition, who, who knows, but not negotiating my value well. That's so important. Mm -hmm. I think if I, um, I can't say I didn't have mentors. I mean, we have a cousin that's in medicine or people we could have reached out to. But when I believe he, uh, Dr. Larry has mentioned before, when you're looking at your debt, because even though I went through National Health Service Corps um, and I had a full ride going into medical school as well, you still have those other expenses. Like I didn't have a full ride for living and um, like your day to day, like, okay, I need to put gas in my car type things. So mm -hmm. I did, people, I did have to take to out loans <laughs> along the way. So a uh, full ride does help. You know, I'm not on the other end of the spectrum. Like some people uh, are, and I do believe my service of my payback uh, was a good opportunity for me, regardless of the four years that I spent doing so. But uh, along the way, because at that point you have such tunnel vision of, okay, yeah, the dead, and then I need to do this and that, but still not understanding the value that I was still bringing to the table and being willingly to negotiate and not move that. And I do believe that changed my trajectory of the amount of money that I could potentially make, the potential avenues that I could have gone on. Um, however, I do believe all things happen for a reason and I'm presently, I'm supposed to be where I am right now, but that's a lesson no matter what for anyone. Uh, and some of us have to grow into understanding our value and understanding who we are, what we're about 
and not being uh, ashamed about that. But when you get to the point and you look back and, and say, you know, what, what held me back? And it all ba- it's all based on fear and things that you might have been afraid of, not being able to pay this, not being able to do this, thinking that, okay, I got to take something. And in actuality, if you understand and know your value and what you bring to the table, then everything is negotiable. Everything is negotiable. I don't make that, I don't make that mistake again. <laughs> Hey, and we do have people in the camp (laughs) uh, that that do help doctors with negotiating. Uh Uh, Shout out Dr. Bonnie Simpson. Yes, Um, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. All right, next question. Uh, What is your biggest success that you would say at this point in time? Biggest success is staying sane through this and still having a healthy family. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Because there are a lot of long hours, a lot of um, sacrifice of time, health, and prioritizing has been very essential for me, especially in the past year. But uh, my biggest success is to know that despite what has happened, I have, I still have my sanity and I still have, you know, I still was able to have a, a family that's around me, a healthy son, a stable marriage. I feel like it's something I'm doing right. <laughs> hey, that, that goes a long way. That goes a long way. <laughs> that equals happy. <laughs> right. <laughs> I would much rather be <laughs> doing this than in the hospital somewhere, worry about somebody getting IVs or medicines and stuff. I'm good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So, all right, I'm going to ask you another question, then I'm going to some uh, fast fire questions. Oh. So do you think you have achieved um, your purpose and found your passion at this point in your life or in your career? Or I think I'm walking through it now. Like literally, I know my passion is women's health. I know I am doing what I love, but it's time to restructure it in a way that makes more sense for me now with the, um, I always find myself, well, I can't stay where I am. There should be a level of improvement, a level of acumen of based on the things that you can do. Medicine is ever evolving and uh, you just can't stay in one lane. You have to evolve with it. So I feel like right now I am stepping into that or walking through that right now. And it's exciting, thrilling at the same, you know, same time, a little scary and bumps and bruises and everything because I'm kind of chartering my own way through it with um, doing the best I can. But, you know, part of that, I decided to make an investment in me. You know, other times it was definitely investing in school and et cetera. But now it's okay. Now I have to invest in me and whether that's health wise, whether it's getting additional education, understanding the business of medicine. And I think that's something you've talked about too on one of your other podcasts that they don't teach you that at all. Uh, and medical, they still don't. I, I'm a assistant, uh, excuse me, associate professor with UCF on their third and fourth year clerkships. And it, they still don't. <laughs> I find myself speaking and teaching med students, well, Okay, in your bubble, you would do this, but I need to do the authorization for this. Right? <laughs> okay, so let's right. just make sure we're, we're on the same page with that. Yeah. So uh, understanding business itself, I, and I wish if I had to choose something that people could do as physicians, 
is to be more business savvy before even leaving med school, before even leaving college. I believe that is a skill That's set. That's why I that think people need to really in tune with before they even lose, leave college or, or start med school. Because yeah. med school is going to blow your mind and take your time, take your energy, take your soul mm-hmm. a little bit for four years. But if you have that, and that when I remember being in the computer lab and seeing some of my counterparts that were e-trading and I didn't know what the hell that, what they were doing, but I did. And I was like, God, you know, they already knew how to do that. So I, I mean, like, ooh, I said, like, ooh, my, my how to do that. And that was, you know, night. I finished that. I, that was night. I got a chicken account. 2003, you know. <laughs> uh, you know, I started saving. I started a Roth in med school. You know, I knew things like that, those safe vehicles. But there were people who were already, you know, but that was things that were implanted. You know, they kind of knew those things. And I can't say I grew up from that background and really knowing some of those things. But, you know, things that I've had to learn with time. So um, that's funny. I don't remember the original questions I've, <laughs> I've diverted. Your biggest set. Well, no, we are, no, no, no. It was the passion. The yeah, passion. I've answered that in a certain yeah, way. But, you, I, you know, we kind of never did something else. Health and you walk yeah. mm-hmm. of, you Yes. Know, mm-hmm. Working and expanding women's health. Yes. Yes. In your way. In my way. <laughs> and that's why you're that. Is it okay? You're the hormone doctor, right? The hormone. Well, I don't like to say I'm Dr. Louisa, the estrogen doctor. The estrogen um, doctor, yeah. The estrogen doctor, yes. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, hormone optimization, epigenetics, uh, preconception epigenetics, uh, and precision medicine. That's that's what I'm veering more to right now. Mm-hmm. All right, mm-hmm. we uh, going to some fast fire questions that I have for you. Uh, <laughs> all right. Oh, uh, what is your fondest memory from high school or college? Ooh, both or one or the other. I want to make sure I have that clear. One or the other. One or the like, other. Ooh, God, there's so many. This is the ones I wish you would have sent me ahead of time, so I have it fire. I would say graduation from college was very pivotal for me. It's like at that point, you have definitely achieved something that you know that your parents have instilled in you since you were in diapers. You was you was a Rusev scholar too, huh? Yes, yes, I was top of banging, <laughs> <laughs> killing right. it, killing yeah. it. <laughs> All right, next question: Past, present, or future? Who would you want to have an hour question and answer with, and why? Oh my God, Barack Obama! <laughs> Shout out Barack! Oh my God! <laughs> oh, not not Michelle. Like, I feel like a, I love Michelle and believe me, I, I want that, but it's something about POTUS. I don't know. It's something about POTUS. I would just love to sit down and talk to POTUS. Oh, I'm sorry. My former POTUS. I, I apologize. My <laughs> you can still claim them. Everybody else still claim them. We've been four years without a prison. <laughs> Michelle too. She could come in the interview as well. I love oh, her. Oh, she's going to be in there. Yeah, she's going to be, be in there, there right? <laughs> I would ma'am, take, ma'am. You're too close. Uh, I, I would. I, yeah. <laughs> Hurry up, ask your questions. Oh my god! Oh my god! All right, next yeah. best advice you can give about overcoming a failure or challenge: cry your tears and get the hell up and move on. What personal habit that has helped you to be more successful in pursuing your goals in life? Forgiving. I think I'm a very forgiving person, and that has helped me get over obstacles in a way where I can push through a little bit, forgiving myself, forgiving, and just moving on. And Tookies. 
<laughs> and, and Tookie's. Oh, oh, you talking about him? Yeah. <laughs> the big 100 some Rottweiler decided yeah. to jump in my lap yeah. one. Rottweiler. <laughs> Buy a Rottweiler. Get up. Oh, <laughs> Forgive him by God. Rottweiler. Yeah. <laughs> Forgive him right, by last, Rottweiler. All right. Last question. If you won the lottery yesterday, would you quit your job or career? And or career? I would quit my job, <laughs> but not my career. Those are two oh, different okay. things. All right. All right, I would quit it. my job, but not spin my it. career. And this is what we do with Black Ops. Before we, you know, we appreciate Dr. Larissa coming in and dropping knowledge about uh, being a Black female in medicine and her trials and tribulations, but also having a brother that's in medicine too and how she dealt with it and how she uh, helped me move in the direction where I needed to move into. And some of the things that, you know, brothers and you know, siblings go through in medicine that need to be discussed sometimes. Like if you have something on your mind, talk to your brother, or sister, you know, don't be afraid. Don't hold punches, you know, go ahead, duke it out and then forgive and buy what Walla. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Oh my goodness. Okay. So I'm complete this sentence. Questions, complete this sentence. I want to be remembered as a person who. Who loves hard gives of herself and understands unconditionally all right there it is mm -hmm. so anything else you want to say just last one minute or two about the topic and about this discussion before we sign off i want you to do it. can i ask you these fire questions i want to see <laughs> i want to hear your responses um, we don't have no time for that okay okay so we don't have time for that um, all right, I'll give you one question. Which question? Okay. Who would you want to be in a room with if you can ask them anything? I'm, I'm going to get two. I'm the oldest sister, so I get two. And um, how would you want to be remembered? I think that was a good question. Well, I, I just to come back to it, mm -hmm. I think, I mean, it's not like I haven't met this person, mm -hmm. but it's, you know, who I would like to have an hour with mm -hmm. past, present, future. I'll say my my auntie Eloise. Oh. If I could have an hour to spend with her and ask her some questions about this craziness that's going on, <laughs> especially, you know, ask her some questions that I had burning about our father that he probably would never answer any questions. But He'll take it to his grave. <laughs> but, you know, that I would, I would enjoy just an hour just talking to her one more time. Yeah, I think that's about to make me cry. <laughs> Yeah. Everybody else I really don't care about. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like to spend an hour talking to a lot of people, but you know, if I had that one chance. So and I want to be remembered as a person who made you smile at least once. Oh, that's so true. <laughs> that's so true. You make me smile a lot. So, oh god, you got me crying because yeah. All right. Did, Louise. Okay. Sorry. I mean, just just let people know. Okay. Know, since we all family. Uh -huh. Aunt Eloise, she was a very special person in all our lives. And unfortunately, she had to leave us way too soon. And we all love, still love her. They still think about her, especially in these times, especially, you know, with J15. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, yes. And even to this day, you know, I tell people, uh, what are one of the reasons why I joined the illustrious 
first and foremost, Alpha Kappa Alpha yeah, Sorority. She's, she's an AKA. Um, <laughs> was the example set by my aunt. And even to this day, my paucity of paraphernalia in my closet, in the back of my head, I always hear her say, a true Alpha Kappa Alpha woman does not need letters <laughs> to <laughs> reveal the status or decorum of a woman or who she is. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but she was just even any Founders Day I go to, any initiation of new sorors, she is, um, or anything that I do where I feel like I want to pick up the phone and talk to her. I, I feel like this is the most opportune time being in my 40s as a mom where I truly miss her the most because, um, yeah. I, I feel like this is a time where I know she would have been so much more instrumental as she was when I was younger. So um, anyway. Yeah. Well, that is it. We thank you once again, Dr. Larissa. Do you want, you want to give you a pitch or. Okay. Yeah. You froze up a little bit. I'm sorry. So I'm Dr. Larissa, um, the estrogen doctor. You can visit me at www.drlarissa.com. Follow me on IG and Twitter at Dr. Larissa. And that's L-A-R-E-E-S-A. Okay. Not I S S A. What my people want to do. Not Teresa. Um, and uh, Facebook, the Estrogen Doctor. Um, I have some exciting things coming up or in the works, uh, one of which is being part of a campaign here in Orlando called Strong Beautiful Future. This is a campaign geared toward pregnant women, specifically African-American women, and their questions and their needs, because as many of you may know out there, um, the statistics in, uh, in the U.S. are alarming, especially how they affect our African-American mothers and our infants. So this is an important campaign where some other figures are involved, and uh, it's exciting, and some highlighted videos that involve me as well. All right, there you have it. I am Dr. Larry, and this is Black Ops. I'm board-certified ophthalmologist, eye and vision expert. You can also follow me on IG, Dr. Larry IMD, Facebook, Dr. Larry IMD, and Twitter. And we are so happy to have Dr. Larissa spend some time with us. And she's going to go back to trying to control her five-year-old son. It's been great exciting thank you for inviting me to the podcast today will you, will you be coming back or will you be willing to come back to the podcast oh absolutely absolutely me and the rottweiler obviously. <laughs> forgive um, the rottweiler that's what the world needs forgiveness and oh forgiveness rocks. and rottweilers okay we have come to the end of our episode it's time to get to the chopper tune in next time for your next mission Follow Black Ops on Instagram and Facebook. Email blackops at gmail.com. Please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review.